Hello, and welcome to the Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And uh, today we are probing into the probe. Oh, yeah. Does that mean we're going to be left stranded after trying to, but not successfully contacting it? It's it's going to be a very bittersweet ending to this episode. Yeah. You know, stasis quos have to be maintained. That's right. We're we're not even halfway through the season. Nobody's going anywhere. Spoilers. (laughs) Yeah. Though it's, I mean, even keeping that in mind, it, it is a super, as you said, bittersweet kind of ending to this episode. Yes. So this is uh, The Probe, first aired October 15th, 1996, written by Craig Miller and uh, veteran uh, comic book writer Marv Wolfman. Ooh, who would later go on to do many other Transformers things. Yes, he did a lot of Beast Machines, and actually he wrote two episodes of uh, Generation 1. Oh, he did? He did uh, The Return of Optimus Prime. Oh! Wasn't he one of the people involved with Animated too? Or am I wrong there? I don't think he was, Mm. no. At least it's not on his wiki page. Maybe I'm thinking of Bob Skier. Maybe. Probably, was yeah. also involved with Beast Machines. Marty Eisenberg. Yes, that's who I was thinking of. Although I think Bob Skier did write an episode of Prime. Yeah, Maybe. I think he might have. And the important yes, thing he... is, Bob Skier is a big hippie. Yes, yes he is. We will certainly get to that when we get to Beast Machines. On the other hand, Marv Wolfman wrote Blade 2. Well, that, hey, that's the good blade. That's the yeah. best of the Blade movies. Uh, I'm not sure if the first one or the second one. The second one looks better. The, the first one has Frost, and that's more fun. And why are we talking about Blade? Well, Marvel. The man loves vampires. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yes, he does good vampires. And also uh, the Teen Titans, I guess. But there, yes. there, there's no vampires, and the only teen in this show is Cheetor, so... Alas. You know, I, I do feel like... I, I was saying before that the show really feels like it's coming into its own around here. And, and this is definitely, I mean, there there were those early episodes that were just Cheetor does something wacky episodes. But it, it definitely, <laughs> at this point, the, it's it's got some good writing to it. Yes. This episode, this episode in particular, and, and we will get to this, has some very wacky directing choices. Yes. Yeah. But it's it's a very well written episode, and the characters are really feeling like themselves. Retrap oh. says, "Strip my gears and call me a four lamp." Yes. <laughs> so, so the we, episode. Yeah. So we open for the first time outside of a dream sequence on the show uh, on Cybertron. Yes, it's so exciting. Yeah. Yes, and I think it's the. It looks like it's the same sort of models they used in the dream sequence in the web. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we, the Maximals, I guess, know that uh, the Axel line is missing, so they're sending out a bunch of temporal probes through time and space to go look for it. You know, as you do. Which... And you know they're important because they have their own late motif. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I would like to note, we, we learn, once we get to Cybertron, we learn a little bit about what's the, how, how these probes function. 
And it seems like it's not that great an idea to have probes that look for ships based on their engine's energy signatures. Yeah. as we learn, that doesn't work so well if the ship is crashed. Uh Uh-huh. And if you're looking for a ship, the chances that it has crashed horribly are actually pretty high. Yes. So, so yeah, it's maybe not the not the best design for probes, but yeah, also, if it didn't wait, work that way we wouldn't have a plot. Aren't there supposed to be not that many transwarp ships anyway? Huh, that is mm, so. I don't know. Admittedly, they're looking for this one specific one that has a transwarp engine, but is at some point I swear it's like they're one of the few ships that has it. So why would that be a standard thing to look for? I guess well, maybe because it's so unusual, they're programming these to look for it. Yeah, if it's your special ship, then you really extra don't want to lose it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I guess what else will it be looking for? I mean, maybe like the energy signature of an individual, individual transformer isn't that easy to find from space. Maybe. Or maybe there are just so many transformers throughout the uh, universe that they're, they'd get a ton of false alarms. Or maybe, it, yeah, maybe that's just too small a thing to look for. Maybe their energy <clears throat> signals are too unique. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, but if they had actually stopped to look for Transformers' energy signals, they would have found them in the probe, or the um, stasis pods that are stuck around orbiting the Earth. Oh, the planet. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That's true. Maybe they just don't want to find Transformers who have gone native. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe there are, like, a lot of them out there. It's, it's been a while since Generation 1. They could have yeah. scattered all over... The place, yeah, thirteen different colonies of them all over the place. Well, maybe not yeah. in this universe, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> the point is, they send these things out, uh, and as as it so happens, one of them ends up in uh, in the solar system. Which I think this is the first time we get a really good look at the solar system, and it's clearly our solar system. <laughs> no, but but it's not Earth; it's some other. Give me Earth. It has two moons. Yeah. Two moons, though. That's a good point. Campier. Just have two moons. So yes, they so they send out this poorly designed, this at least poorly conceived probe. Yes. Anyway, they we we cut to uh, cut to the Maximals who are just having a leisurely stroll, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they do that sometimes, as we've seen. Yeah. Everybody's out except for Rhinox, who is uh, staying be home watching his stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, Cheetor and Rattrap decide to race home. And somehow, Rattrap manages to keep up. <laughs> oh, but do you want to look at a hairy cat butt? Maybe I guess. That was not that was motivating Rattrap. I mean, I, rats I are fast, and he's like a giant, horrible rat. So yeah. That's true. He's got, like, the relative speed of a rat, his size, which would be pretty fast. I, I feel like at this point I was mentioning how... We had the couple episodes of Cheetor being obnoxious. I kind of feel like at this point, and and maybe this is part of the show really coming into itself, I feel like this the scene is just showing that everybody is just pretty much done with Cheetor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone is just sick of Cheetor. Primal's sick of him. My notes for this part right. are, everyone insults Cheetor for being stupid. Yes. Yeah, well, he's we making get- more weird quips now. I mean, Cheetor still says stupid stuff, but everyone else <laughs> seems less inclined to put up with him. As yeah. Rattrap himself says, don't cats ever get tired of being stupid? Yes. <laughs> That's a great line. 
suggestion that perhaps Rattrap maybe has a, has owned a cat. <laughs> maybe. Maybe on Cybertron, you know, as you do. I just like he the part where... He had Ravage. Aww. I just like the part when, when Cheetor and Rattrap are starting to run away from the uh, Dinobot and Primal. Dinobot and Primal just look at each other and shake their heads. Like, like two exasperated parents of <laughs> ADD children. Yes. They're just, ah, uh, they're so done. I don't so blame done. them. Yeah, not really. So they get back home. Uh, Rhinox has detected the probe, and after some computer tomfoolery, in which Rattrap behaves in ways that are entirely inappropriate towards a uh, towards a computer. <laughs> the news line here is, "Come on, baby, give it up for the rat." Ooh. <laughs> I guess I missed that one. Uh, Rattrap, cool. buy a dinner first. And we saw him playing cards with it earlier. I guess uh, you know. That's that's not cool. It's a lonely yeah. planet. <laughs> Apparently. All right. So they they find it, but they don't succeed in sending a signal to it. But uh, for the purposes of plot convenience, it's going to do a loop around the solar system and do another pass by Earth, or the mysterious Beast Wars planet. You know, the mysterious Beast Wars planet. Yeah, and they can try and contact yeah. it again. Rhinox just needs more power. Yes. And so they're going to have to build a thing, and, uh, you know, they're all pretty excited about this, with the notable exception of Dinobot. <laughs> and this is, this is, they don't really harp on this too much, but this is a good Dinobot episode. Yeah. It is. It really is. And, and amazingly, it's followed up in a later episode. Yeah. Given how episodic this show has been up to this point, they're, this, we're starting to dabble a little in continuity. Yeah. And obviously. Is experience in this episode or the next? Next one. Okay. So, yeah, next uh, next day, Max will start building this thing. It's a, it's a signal array. And unfortunately, the best area for it was in Predacon territory. Of course. And the best construction material was rebar. Yes. Yeah, it's like, it's hard to, why do they just, presumably they need a high point with low energon activity, but. Right. They don't make that and, clear. It's just, eh, we're in Predacon territory. Why? And presumably they're <laughs> just pulling, like, you know, bulkheads out of the ship yeah. to build mm-hmm. this thing. Yeah. Well, you take what you can get. But uh, luckily they have Tigatron watching their backs for any Predacon activity. And uh, Predacon activity rises in the form of a once again babbling to himself tarantulas. <laughs> of course. He's so great. He's so great. Well, after Waspinator babbles to himself in the sky and gets shut down. Yep. Yes. Waspinator is so great. It's just always going around talking to himself about himself. Yes. <laughs> He's been blown up like three times, well, four times now. It's starting to affect him. Yeah, it's, it's getting to him. Anyway, it turns out that uh, he was merely the diversion for the latest in a, I guess, the first, because it's time, this week, it's Tarantulas' turn to be the evil invention guy. Yes. And his he, evil he and Black invention Arachnia in this case. seem to be trading off at this point. Well, yeah. him, Blackrachne, and Scorponok. It's a yeah. three, yes. they have too many science guys. Well, they have three mad scientists, one of which I think is just copying the other's work. Yeah, what, yeah. what is just an Igor with, with delusions? Ah. Uh, 
Yeah. Anyway, the evil invention of the week this time is the transformation lock lens, which is this is kind of a recurring plot point in Transformers fiction. It's a thing that locks them into their alternate mode. Yes. There was an episode for G1 that had that. Uh, it's the Autobot run. Yes. And then obviously it's a big plot point in Beast Machines as well. Yes. Yeah. What if it takes them until Beast Machines to try reusing the thing? <laughs> I have to assume it's just a thing where they don't, they only have so many parts. Yeah. That must be it, because otherwise they're just idiots for not doing it again. Yes. Well, maybe they're just idiots. That's I mean, also a distinct possibility. A bunch of them are idiots. Yeah, I mean, some of them just, just are idiots. And uh, I will note that here, uh, Tigatron says, by the Matrix, which yeah. I believe is the first mention of the Matrix on Beast Wars. <gasps> Exciting. Yeah. Been a little mythology here, although I, they never specify what which of the various matrices uh, they're referring to. At, at this point, at least one of the writers has watched Transformers the movie, so we're we're making progress. Well, I guess Marv Wolfman co-wrote this, and he wrote episodes in season three. That yeah. is a good yeah. point. Now we in have fact, someone they use the Matrix in that episode. Yeah, oh, now so, we have someone who, oh, yeah. and they also used the touch. Oh, so yes, did so, they use the power? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Marv. Yes, yes, they did. So, yeah, I wonder if that was in, like, the story Bible, or if Marv Wolfman just tossed that in. Because he knew. Because he knew Transformers. He was the first crack in the floodgates. (gasps) And it'll get so much worse. (laughs) Those floodgates will open up so much wider. Anyway, so Tigatron gets hit with this thing. He is... He gets trapped, and then trapped in a, an Energon web, which sounds super painful, because Blue Mankuma is really good at screaming. <laughs> he is. He's, he's, he's yeah. a really good scream. Cheetor tries to help, but the uh, the same fate befalls him, and Tarantulas also questions whether cats ever get tired of being stupid. Oh, that's yes. such a good line for Tarantulas. Yeah. Now, I, I would like to, to note, up to this point, we've gotten two very interesting character moments, which is Dinobot and Tigatron both discussing how they would feel about going home. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, of course, you know, if the probe works, then ideally some Maximals will come and pick them up and take them home. Uh, Dinobot came here as a Predacon, and so while Primal promises to vouch for him when and if they get back to Cybertron, he's not really buying that that's going to work. So he's really... And he's not ambitious. sure he really wants that either. Yeah, I mean, he's he says he'd just as soon basically stay on Earth. Yep. And then Tigatron, you know, wonders if Cybertron has anything to match the natural wonders of Earth. Because so. I guess Tigatron, uh, botcon fiction aside, has never been to Cybertron. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a very interesting, you know... The, the whole plot is how they have this chance to go home, but you do have these character moments where not, not everybody is so into that idea. Yeah, so. I mean, Tigatron would rather be in a snowy box canyon. Yes. <laughs> where he likes to spend most of his time. Where he likes to hang out. Yep. And possibly do other things, which probably will also will not be an option on Cybertron. Yes. Well, you know, with with those particular creatures... Not be an option on Cybertron. I don't know. There's no yiffing on Cybertron. Yeah, there's no yiffing on Cybertron. (laughs) Uh, 
Anyway, so while, anyway. While this character development is happening, Scorponok is spying on it in uh, what can only be described as convenience store security camera o vision. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, does Scorponok see in black and white? Am I watching Clerks? What is going on <laughs> yeah, here? Yeah, I, I like the way it had that look to it. Yeah, it's, it's not just, just black and white, it's VHS black and white. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, it, might, it might be like static. different frames per second rate or something. It's it's odd. Yeah, Impressive, it has a very VHS look to it. It's kind of neat. Yeah, as we're about to get to, the directing on this episode is kind of flashy and kind of weird. Yeah. yeah it's not good in places. It, like, the, the they were trying side. new things, but not all of them worked. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, probably the best thing we got out of that experimentation was the LGBT flag used as a Scan for the transwarp signature. <laughs> oh, yeah. Transwarp signature Yay. is a rainbow? Yay! A transwarp signature is fabulous. Yay! So, so, he, so Rhinox has to duplicate the transwarp signature to send it up to the probe, so he duplicates a rainbow. Double rainbow! Yes. Yay! All the way. Yeah. So rainbow. So, whilst this character development is happening, uh, Scorpionok is filming it, and he sends... It back to the Predacon base, not by his cyber bee, which I guess was in the shop, but by taking that little button off his chest and having Pterosaur carry it back to base in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Delicious. Which apparently Pterosaur has been broken now to the point where he, he will just happily take commands from Scorpionok. Yeah. yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy. He's been beaten down to that point. Meanwhile, back at the Predacon base, Tigatron and Cheetor are captive in uh, more of those big cages. Why are there yes. so many cages on this ship? Well, and why are their bottoms so poorly secured? Yeah, that's that's also a good question. These are poorly constructed cages. Well, uh, to be honest, the bottoms of the cages are probably designed to flip down because they have them hanging over a lava pit. Uh, that's true. He'll just do the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Blofeld thing. Yeah, so it, it kind of makes sense, although it's weird that they had those cages originally before they even crashed. Well, maybe they like oh. caging things. Yeah. Maybe it was like a zoo transport ship or something? Uh, maybe. Ship's yeah. previous owner had large parrots. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. That they so like we, to dangle over things. Yeah, I mean, well, presumably, I know, there isn't any, the ship doesn't normally have lava in it. Yeah. And maybe it had more floors originally. <laughs> yes. But they had their little hoverboards yeah. anyway. So, it's, so I, anyway, uh, Tigatron and Cheetor become swinging cats. Yes. Yeah. And the Predacons have anyway figured out that there's something going on. And interestingly, Black Arachne is kind of just a normal member of the team now. She's just hanging yeah. around. Yeah. She's yep. being a ninja, apparently. Yeah, well, and later, as we see in her trans, uh, her transformation sequence, still has the uh, take, "say goodbye to these," Michael pose. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's that. Uh, yeah. Shidor insult of the episode, calling Megatron mega dumb. Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, yeah, good job, Shidor. Good job. I kind of would say Quasar with everything. Excuse me. <laughs> Mega Quasar dumb. And then later in the episode, he refers to him as Mega Dork. Yes. Which is slightly less bad. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Still pretty slightly. bad, though. Only slightly. 
All right, so yeah, they they escape from these cages after the Predacons vamoose, and they figure that they can fix themselves by going to the CR tanks. Yes. And a bit of continuity here. Uh, Cheetor knows his way around the Predacon base because he was there in equal measures. Yeah, that's... <gasps> but, um, it's true. Oh, my, continuity. Yay, I love continuity. The... All this, meanwhile... this feels kind of like accidental continuity in this case, but, you know, yeah. it works. In the meanwhile, Rat Trap blows off Scorponok's hand and Dinobot blasts off the rest of Scorponok. Scorponok has the sort of reaction you expect to someone blasting off your hand, too. That really looks like it hurts. Yeah, it it really, really did. Also, I uh, I like that uh, Rat Trap and Dinobot kind of have a battle bros moment here. Yeah. Oh yeah, the thumbs up bro fist. <laughs> yeah. I and this is I think the first sense that they kind of like each other now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every other scene they've been antagonistic or just not hanging out. This is the first time. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Which they they are buddying it up at this point. Again, it's sort of becoming the the show that we're used to or that we think of. Mm-hmm. They hate each other, but in a way that makes them both like each other. <laughs> yes. yes. Alright, so we, uh, yeah, they're, then basically we get a fight. Of course. Yeah. A lot of guys getting blasted off into the distance in this episode. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all the rest of the Predacons show up and do their transformations, which takes a while. Yep. Well, uh, uh, uh Megatron, Black Arachne, Scorponok, or no, Scorponok just got blasted. Uh, Tarantulas is there. Wait, is Pterosaur there? Pterosaur is there initially, then he gets taken off in, uh, pretty yeah. short order. Yeah. Uh, For some but, reason, uh, when that... Red Trap is shooting at Black Arachne, he only shoots her in the boobs. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're bright yellow. They're hard to miss. They're and they're shiny. Well, they're more like shiny gold. You know, you, you want to aim for the 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 torso and the biggest object. Um, uh, well, well, those are the biggest objects. Yeah, yeah, and they really you, are. Be Black Arachnia definitely knows kung fu, and also she's starting to get really squeaky, which is kind of like the, what Venus Terzo does with her voice. She, she yeah, every once in a while. Well, actually, yeah. I think it's sort of her screeching scream, but it it trails off into this sort of like squeak toy noise. Yeah, she's sort of she's sort of finding her way in the character. Yeah, and she you know she's kind of generic female bad guy at this point, but uh, which is slightly better than where she started off with, but it is getting better. Yeah. So yeah, they they take those two, they take uh, you know, Pterosaur and uh, Black Rachne out, but then they both get. Then Rattrap and Dinobot both get transformation locked, and Megatron blasts them. Primal beats Tarantulas, but also gets locked in. And as Megatron's trying to shoot the array, uh, he picks up a girder and just bats Megatron shot out of the air, which a shot which is repeated like three times in a row, and it's weird. Yeah, yeah, that is so weird. It's, it's it, like the director was watching anime, but wasn't no. really like you didn't really quite figure out how that that sort of shot worked. No, it's not even it's it's like a, like a Looney Tunes like a triple take, but it's like it's when Primal starts to swing it and before he actually makes contact, that's when it repeats. So it looks more like a glitch, like it the, it just skipped back a couple seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I actually I thought it was just my DVD, but no, yeah. I do remember that happening at the time. And then it does I... it from a different angle three more times, I think. It's yeah, like the episode I, I came in like five seconds short, and they just decided to repeat that sequence a bunch of times to make it last out. Yeah, yeah. 
So right, yeah, that's so... an interesting directing decision. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you uh Megatron has Primal on the ropes. We got a lot of pained Gary Chalk screams as Megatron digs his uh high heel into the back of Primal's neck and it looks super painful. Yeah. It yeah. It it looks pretty painful. Ow. Good uncomfortable uh sound effects here. Yes. He's so good at those. But luckily Rhinox shows up and he's got the uh he's got the floppy disk that they need. <laughs> yes. And he calls Megatron Motorhead. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that it's on a floppy disk. But unfortunately, before he can uh, do it, it's that damn lens is at it again, and he's in second rhino mode, which unfortunately lacks fingers. Yes, yes. so he has to take the floppy... Wait, isn't it the, the same kind of floppy disk that, like, Cheetor used when he was in the Predacon base? Yes, they, they you know, they, they you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's like Apple, everybody uses it. Yeah. yeah. So he has to hand it to Primal, who has fingers. Yes, I know and, but jump. not before he drops it. Well, there's a big slow motion. No. no. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty great. Yeah. And how else would you carry 1.44 megabytes? Yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously. Right, but unfortunately, before Optimus can do it, Megatron recovers and just blows it up. I do many, really many times. Oh. Take it to Primal because Primal has opposable thumbs. But just, great. It's like I, I laughed so hard. He fires, yeah. and then we get a distant shot, and there's this giant column explosion, which it's like a a volcano exploding. It's so. What did they make this thing out of? I don't know. <laughs> But it blows up straight up, and, and then Megatron starts laughing, and his face is superimposed over the distant shot. Then we get a close-up of the explosion, and the Primal and Rhinox are thrown away from the, the base explosion. In slow this, motion. Megatron is big, still, Yeah, this big, it, loud laughter over top of all of it. It's, it's a fantastic... <laughs> the ghost <laughs> <after> like... <laughs> it feels like it goes on for a minute. It probably doesn't, but... It, it's just so much laughing. So much, it's like his maniacal plan came together. Yes. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, and yeah, so he's he's blown that up. He's about to finish off Optimus and Rhinox, but Cheetor and Tigatron are back. Cheetor calls him a mega dork. Yes. And he's off, but, you know, he won. Yeah. 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 Cybertron won't find you now, and the war will go on until I am the victor. I would like to note that I'm very, very proud of the writers for not working in a title call-out right there. Yes. He did not say that the Beast Wars would go on. because. Yeah, so, but don't get your hopes up for next episode. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I kind of love it whenever they name drop Beast Wars. Yeah. It is pretty funny. It is delightfully stupid when they do that. <laughs> Uh, is this the first time Megatron's really won? Yeah. If you don't count stealing the golden disc in the first place, yeah. No, well, that happens before the series. Yeah, no, yeah this is, and the other this might be the here. first, this is kind of even the first, you know, the villains win episode in Transformers. Yeah, there were well, other than a like lot two of parties. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, two parters don't count. <laughs> Mega- oh, what was that? Megatron's master plan where. Yeah, I mean, he convinces the the humans uh, 
work or for him. Or to shoot the Autobots into the sun or something. Yeah, yeah, I uh, love And this that. is done via faked footage with the Decepticons wearing Autobot costumes. Yes. Oh, great old. Suit. So good. But yeah, that's a two-parter where he's won at the end, but then mm-hmm. he has not won. Yeah, no, this is not a two-parter. This episode's over. Megatron wins. Go home. Yeah. Once he walks away, uh, it's good. It's crazy. You know, and then we just mentioned. get a sort of nice, bittersweet ending where, you know, we're not going home today, Cheetor, but uh, someday. Someday. Yeah, it, it it is. It's a really, like, kind of sad ending. Yeah. 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 Poor guys. You, know, you bring up this being the first time the bad guys win. This is also the first time the good guys have been proactive about anything. This is mostly true. Well, I guess except yeah. for that time that they were planning to blow up the Predacon base with a giant bomb. That, that yeah, was mostly okay. Dinobot wanting to do that. But, you know. Well, yes, but they listened to him. Yeah. Yes, they did listen to him. The fools. Uh, and, and some uh, during the fight, the, I, I forget who says it. Somebody says, oh, no, I think it might be Rat Trap. And then yes. Megatron says back, oh, yeah. Ah, oh, that's so good, though. <laughs> Just love any time he gets to say yes. And, oh, yeah. It's always the best when he gets to do that. Yes. And in addition, continuing the theme of things, Rattrap says, I will also note that at some point in the episode, he also uh, calls Dinobot Dino Boob. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I should have been paying more attention. Apparently, I missed all the good lines. Oh, God. How did well, I miss that one? Yeah. Good with quotation marks. Yes. Uh, it's a good rat trap line. It's a it's good, good rat trap line, but I'm surprised it's not dino butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we know they can say butt on this show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have oh, seen yeah. that they can say butt on this show. Uh, so, yeah, that, uh, that pretty much does it for the probe. Uh, it's it's a good episode. It is. Yeah. It, it's really something we haven't seen before. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we know they're not getting home, but... It's a really interesting story if you can get past the really weird direction choices. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's got a lot. Like I said, it's it's got the really good character moments with Dinobot, you know, not being confident that Optimus can really, you know, take care of them if they go back to, to Cybertron. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's good. It's good. It's got good character moments. Makes me happy. Yeah, it's a important trip along the uh, Dinobot Rat Trap romance too. <laughs> also that. Absolutely. Predacons don't get a whole lot to do, but you know we get we get some good cackling from Tarantulas. Yeah, yes. Good. Black and Megatron gets some good gloating. Yeah, and Megatron gets a good win in. Yeah. Oh yeah, win. that that's really important because. That doesn't happen often enough, but when it does, it's delicious. I mean, you know, he's like 1 in 10 at this point, but still. Yeah. Look. And Black Arachne is actually part of the team of the Predacons now, really. Yeah, you know, she's not stuck yelling at Waspinator in a hole. Or, or being a rewritten <laughs> Tarantulas. Yeah. yeah a, we don't really see her interacting with Tarantulas much at all at this point. Yeah, not not yet, anyway. No, that's that's coming. That'll come. That'll get there. He, she proved not to be the sexy lamp he was hoping for. <laughs> Alas, poor guy. That must be very sad for him. Well, he has enough sexy lamps. They, they've shown up already in the episodes. Yeah. Well, that's true. That is horrifyingly true. <laughs> <laughs> sexy spot.
spider legged. So, so you're like, saying there so you're saying there are less flashlight bugs and more fleshlight bugs? Uh, I wasn't saying that and now I'm going to have to drink to forget. <laughs> well, good thing we've got a long weekend coming up. True. Yeah. But well, we will have we record these ahead of time usually. Yes. Well, no, by by the time that this one comes out, it will be a uh, the long weekend will still be coming up. Oh. Oh, uh, speaking of long weekends and recording ahead of time, should we uh, mention BotCon at all, which was last week for us recording now? Uh, well, I mean, none of us went. No, uh, but... And there, I don't think a lot of Beast Wars stuff happened. Well, there was well, stuff from Takara, though. Yes. Oh, that's, that's true. That's at least the one thing we should mention. That, yeah, that masterpiece yeah. prime for that. Yeah, while BotCon was going on, the Tokyo Tour Fair, I think it was, was actually going right. on too. Mm-hmm. And Takara, which is partnered with Hasbro, that made the original toy. It's confusing. We're getting a masterpiece Optimus Primal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. yes. Instead of the photorealistic ape you'd expect, it's just a completely toy accurate ape, or completely show accurate ape. Yeah, well, yes. all, all the finest are... ape that 1995 era CG can produce. All the... Yes, it was just a maquette of a non-posable prime that they're using as the model for what they're going to make the masterpiece out of. But oh, so the the really exciting part for me anyway is this means we're going to get a Megatron. That's entirely probable. I mean, yeah. we you, better you than get want a to. He's great. Mm-hmm. Although. Since it's it's the original Monkey Primal, it means we're not going to get the best Megatron, Transmetal Megatron. Yeah, that's we might get one later, maybe if this is popular enough. Hopefully, but but at least I'm really excited to, to get. We're getting a big Black Monkey toy, which hopefully will mean in the future we'll get a big purple T Rex. Yes, <laughs> masterpiece. Yes. I mean, I haven't bought a masterpiece since uh, well the original. Optimus Prime, but if this comes to our shores, I'm all over it. Like oh, yeah. steak on a monkey. No, <laughs> even if it doesn't come over here, I think we're we're, we're obligated to get. Well, I, yeah. I, I, one of us is going to get that hooker by crook. Uh, the the saddest thing, of course, about the the transmetal version, why they really need to do a transmetal version, is of course you you can't really get an old transmetal one. You can go back and you can get the original primal, and that toy still exists. But transmetal Megatron is he's prone to snapping at the waist. Apparently, yeah. the uh, the Japanese version is not. Yeah. And it's hilariously expensive on eBay, I have heard. Yeah, I wish so, I'd gotten one when they were cheaper. I, yeah, I don't have they, it. I got the, the Armada Predacon, or what? Oh, yeah, that's, I kind of like the color scheme on that one, even if his yeah. head kind of looks like earwax. <laughs> yeah, that one works. But, but yeah, the, uh, I, I was doing a, a toy show. I sometimes do, uh, have a table at a local toy show because I have no real job and just do freelance work. Uh, but I found my, my Transmetal Megatron while I was going through stuff to sell, and I just took him with me. I wanted to see how long I could resist trying to transform him, because at that point, he would inevitably break. Yeah. And I did last several hours, at which point I then tried to transform him, and he immediately broke. Uh, Wait, is his waist actually uh, gold plastic syndrome? Is that I think so, yes. With with mine, he was in dino mode, so as soon as I went to open up the two panels that sort of end up behind his shoulders... One of them just snapped at the hinge. Mm. Oh, the moment that, I hit 
a hinge that required any pressure, he immediately snapped. Every time I'm going through my collection and I notice him, I just freak out and wrap him back up in the tissue paper that he was wrapped in and go, I'm not touching you again. I love you, but I'm not touching you again. Yeah. I never really even had that problem with, like, even, like, G1 stuff until recently. Like, um, what was it? One of the parts of Monstructor Slog. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's not good. Yeah, I, I, I made a, a masterpiece uh, one. Uh, they can also make his, uh, his back fans rotate, so he can fly in robot mode. Oh, that'd be so nice. I, I yeah, had a, the transmit has roller license. skates. I, I mean, obviously, he would also need the roller skates. Maybe they could have actual wheels on them. Ooh, that would be pretty amazing. That would be the best. Uh, what what, so what in, are you saying, Jen? In uh, I, I had a I had a kill bison. Oh, which oh. is a a fairly rare and expensive Japanese toy. I mean, it's no black Zarek, but nope. the important thing is gold plastic syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Hey, good thing you sold that thing off when you did. Yeah, he had actually broken, and a friend of mine just gave me one that had a different broken piece. So I, I managed to cobble together one, and so when uh-huh. I sold my Lyokaiser gift set, I put a big post-it note over Kill Bison that said... Stop! Do not pull out by the turret. <laughs> because the moment you try to pull him out of the styrofoam by his turret, the turret, the turret will just will snap out. right off, which is how I broke him in the first place. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah, that's gold plastic syndrome is is not funny, man. It's it's, no. it's bad stuff. I'd plug donations to cure gold plastic syndrome, but there is no cure. There is no yeah. cure. It's, it's sad. It's very sad. That's right. It's terminal. It is. It's terminal. Alas. The only cure. Uh, it, its situation matches its location. <laughs> uh, that that's that's waiting in the future, Rob. Yes, much much far in the future. Yes. Back when the Beast Wars are over, and we're moving on to the planet of Cybertron. I I did see something the other day. It was like a uh, an article on IO9 that, or maybe it was Kotaku that was talking about how you know at Botcon they showed off all this like G1e stuff, and they said something about the seeds of the future lie buried in the past. <laughs> I, I appreciated that being what they referenced. Yeah, it's always nice when you quote things that aren't Transformers the movie. Yes. Yeah, it's always nice to see something quoted other than that. Yes. Because we've heard it quoted so many times at this point. We've, we've been there, we've done that. We could probably quote the entire movie off the top of our heads if we got enough Patreon backers. We don't even have a Patreon yet, but... <laughs> well, maybe we should do that, yeah. Like... Uh, at a certain donation we'll do level, anyway. we'll do the voices. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we could review the entire movie without watching the movie again. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny because when I try to watch it, my roommate can't be in the same room with me ah. because I'll just be doing it, you know, cool. just, just doing all the lines and it creeps him out. Like, I, I, I have sort of a. Especially when you start when rhyming. I, when I, yes, when I went to BotCon, back when I was going to BotCon, I would traditionally have it on while I was packing, 
And, like, he would come and try to have a conversation with me, and just in the middle of the conversation, he would be talking, and I would be mouthing along with the dialogue, and he'd be like, stop it, that's creepy. I told him I couldn't help it. You kind of can't. You can't. It's part of our DNA at this point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. There's no escaping. Oh, other... We mentioned uh, previously, didn't we, that uh, the Windblade comic is going to be going to A.B. Swore's planet. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that, that is still coming up. So. Yay. We saw, we saw a little bit at the end of the of a, our previous issue, uh, or their previous issue, with uh, Tigatron and Air Razor. Yes. So that is still in our future. Mm-hmm. Yay, things to look forward to. Yes. yes, and also I guess there's that uh, that new black arachnia coming from Takara as well, which yes. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know. I got my G1 RC, and that was like all what? I need out of life. Yep. I'm looking forward to that three pack coming out at SDCC. Yeah, I wish I had more money. I would buy that so hard. Yeah, I already got all of them. I don't need them again. I do also have all of them in other forms. I don't have RC yet, so I'm looking forward to that for that. RC was one of those toys. I did, back in in the 90s, I did buy Black Arachnia when she came out, because she was a female character, and that was pretty exciting. So I'm okay with that Black Arachnia. I don't know that I need to buy one that's just animated Black Arachnia redone, but... but Redone with torso replaced with boobs. Yes. Yep. They're pedipalps that turn into boobs. Totally. Egg sacs. <laughs> That's kind of gross. Yes, it is. It's really weird. To all, <laughs> they also made a... Um, oh, shit, what's a ninja robot called? A nightbird. nightbird. Yeah, yes. Finally a having nightbird. a nightbird is kind of weird. Yeah, that that's crazy. The, then again... We're getting nothing but crazy at this point from Tucker on Has- Hasbro. Since We're I, I getting a now... new Skylinks. It's insane. I'm holding a Minimus <laughs> Ambus in my hand, which, well, if you're not reading the Transformers comics, you don't know who the hell he is, but... <laughs> oh my God. That is crazy. Minimus Ambus. Mm-hmm. The explanation for Skylinks is quite clear. Aaron Archer no longer works at Hasbro. Yeah, oh. yeah. And like Skylinks? He was categorically opposed to Skylinks, and that was like the one thing that he had an opinion about that was not right. And now we got Skylinks as a torso. My my roommate also. My roommate is not a Transformers person, but he's picked up things from me, and we watched a lot of. He he liked season three of G One more than any of the others, and so I I got to excitedly tell him that there was they were doing a new Skylinks, and he was like, what's he look like? And I was like, he looks like Skylinks. (laughs) He looks exactly how you would want Skylinks to look. He's perfect. Perfect. And then he transforms into a torso with a lion head. It's so good. He's a whole truck. So great. Yeah, he's he's a winner. Well, it's still the topic of Transformers. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, is there so anything yeah. else big? At- I, I think that, that ends our probe into the probe. It is kind of exciting that for a, you know, for a podcast where we're watching a cartoon from the 90s, we get to have news. Yeah. Yeah. New toys for things we're watching from a decade ago. More than yeah. that. Yeah. Good luck with that, Sky Surfer Strike Force podcast. Yeah. 
Good luck, Swap Cats. Yeah. You, you know that podcast is just furries. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I was going to say good luck finding any news that's not just new furry porn. Yes. We shouldn't really be picking on the furries, considering most of the time we're talking about talking animals in this show. Yes. Yeah. That's, and, and, that's and the cute true. little expressions that a rat and a T-Rex do. Oh, but they're <laughs> so great. Yeah. A Are rat and a T-Rex is bromance, the Beast Wars podcast. <laughs> and then they're not anthropomorphic animals, though. They're either animals or they're robots. It's true. And later, okay, there, later there is going to be a guy with an animal head, but he's only in like three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the, uh, you can, of course, uh, follow the Stasis Podcast on Twitter at, at @stasispod, or find us on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. And uh, we'd also appreciate it if you wrote into the Maxim Mailbag at uh, stasispodcast at gmail.com. Yes, please and do that so we don't have to go on these kind of tangents at the end of episodes. That's and we are also, uh, our RSS feed is hosted on iconunderground.net. Or if you prefer, you can also find us on iTunes. And please, if you do so, uh, rate and review us there. Yes, they like it when you do that. It makes them like us more. That's right. So, for the Stasis Pod, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine Michael superimposed over something. Exploding. out that I have a friend who I met at uh, at that toy con- at that toy show that I do locally uh, who is she actually writes uh, Mighty Ducks fan fiction like Mighty Ducks in- the cartoon show with yes. like, Jim Belushi and yes. Space Duck people not yes. the actual hockey team no not or the hockey the, team or the Emilio Estevez movies correct <laughs> so yes I That's there <laughs> <laughs> there are fans of everything try, out Try to there. push her off into, like, writing Gargoyles fan fiction. I'm sure that's more popular. That might that, work. That's, that's might too mainstream. <laughs> yeah, that's... 